0: now Rock talk with Mitch
1: Lafon. I appreciate your support dude yeah that yeah. was uh, yeah that was a bunch of fucking bullshit and glad it's passed you know
2: yeah. yeah and 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 you're doing the right thing by addressing it because the more you run from it the more people dog you and the more you just say listen like like you did with Eddie Trunky, this one this is what it was. Yeah, and now we can yeah. talk about the music. Well, that's and- why
1: Eddie said he goes, "Come on my show. I'll give you an hour. I'll give you the my show to just sort of talk about it." You do. You talk about it once, and then you don't want to talk about it again. There it is. Refer to the Eddie Trunk interview. <laughs> and that's it. Hundred
2: percent. Right. You know? Absolutely. Hundred yeah. yeah. percent. And you know, it's um, it's Howard Stern that always says that. He goes, "You know, if these celebrities just faced the questions and answered them, it would go away rather than have people ask yeah. more questions."
1: And that's <laughs> why I addressed it the night it came out, even though. You know one side said not to my legal said i think you should i think you should just run toward the bullets take the sword deal with it just address it which i did and it was yep. done and it was over and but- then the next day when the other side started putting their announcements out that's when it fanned the flame. The very thing they didn't want to happen is exactly what happened. Yeah.
0: Well, you know who I blame for all of this?
1: Was <laughs> and I, then I pay the penalty. Now I'm not in the band. So, you know. Well, look, I, I blame
0: Dave Mustaine for giving it legs because had they not 100%. even addressed it, like, you know, you did your thing. It, it, it was like like every, the next day I was like, ah, eh, fuck, whatever, you know, beat off on some fucking yeah. shit. Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is.
1: You right, know? Right.
0: But then the band goes on and puts out this all shit. I'm like, wh- why? Like they, I felt like yeah. they threw you under the bus.
1: 100 percent it was all based on fear it wasn't based on reality they said all sides would be heard and quite honestly no sides were heard you know because within two weeks i went through the process that i told them i was going to go through to you know to just walk through it and say hey this is a bunch of bullshit and 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 i did i did my part and um you know again I, like you know confessed my you know I was caught on a can of camera there was no hiding from it so well, you just it. address it you take the sword you deal with it yeah it well look I mean it's sorry about that move on you know and that's look it's
0: 2021 know. and all this shit is quite the norm but I mean at the same time you know I was saying the Mitch like imagine this is 1986 and how, how many times would Dave Mustaine been kicked out of the band had there been screenshots and uh screen record back in the day <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah, well you know, if anyone, for that matter. <laughs> you know I mean?
2: it well, was, listen uh, the the entire yeah. '80s scene would be uh, under investigation if
1: they had mm-hmm. the cameras Talk about back canceled! I, I don't think right.
0: the scene would have uh, even went past that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just year. You know, everybody's know. so afraid of that, and it's like, look, man, it's it's you know, you don't you don't run from it, you. You know, I push back against it. It is like this is bullshit, you know, and it's it's you know, that's what I said. Look, you know, they threw the Molotov cocktail proverbial at my house and burned my house down. Would you please help me? Would you please support me? I could use some help right now. And yeah, quite honestly, I was just kicked to the side of the road to just deal with it on my own. And you know, so it's like, all right, well, then now we know where the but, loyalties lie, you know, well, and now it, we move you know- on.
0: You know? I'm curious about that. I mean, why did they do that to you? I mean, you know, you're,
1: you're basically, the you I, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, Cause I've had no further conversations with anyone since then, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can only go back to maybe, you know, the lawsuit I filed 20 years ago, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. me not, you know, being agreeable to just remix the catalog and, you know, those couple of things, <laughs> you know, and, you know, those things I, I, for sure I'm sure this was a you know a long standing resentment toward me you know and this was yeah, the opportunity it, it, to settle the score and and it yeah. is what it is and you know the truth of it is is you know when you're in a band when you're in a, any relationship brotherhood marriages whatever you you have to agree to disagree because you're not always going to agree on everything and of course, um yeah you know, I think when things were reset 20 years ago, this was no longer going to be a band. It was no longer a partnership. It was his way or no way. and That was very clear. Uh, that's why I wasn't in the band 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, when this right. happened, it was... This is the way we're doing it. There is no there is no negotiation. It's it's my way or the highway. And so were you and, like
0: Mustaine's employee in a way? And he just basically said, sorry, you're, you're fired. are last ten
1: years I was an employee. And and you know, wow. it, it's funny to say that I was fired. I mean, I hadn't picked up a paycheck from Megadeth since September twenty twenty when we did the photos shoot for the album. So mm-hmm. to say I was fired, I think is a is a bit, you know, um dramatic yeah i mean again it's not like i was on the payroll getting a paycheck every week you know not rehired for the tour yeah sure i'll mm-hmm. I'll go with that you know we're not rehiring you for the tour okay fair enough but um oh, you know yeah right. i mean so i no one... i was i'm not i don't get it i wasn't getting a weekly paycheck you know from from the group i mean when we worked mm-hmm. i got paid when we didn't i didn't and then hence why i did a coffee company and a record company and all the other things to you know fill in the blanks and support myself and and build up you know yeah. my own my own you know legacy for my family and to have things like that and and if, so yeah. i certainly those things i think were i think supported by management i think they they saw that you know if i wasn't going to be you know you can't expect so they read between the lines be, well, you you can't expect for someone to be beholden to a company when you're not getting paid by that company in the yeah. off time you know so yeah. um but i think you know i i i don't i now, don't think dave liked it you know but it's like hey you know royalties by loyalties man. you know when I, you're, I when say you're all in and you're, you're all in and you're getting paid for everything then hey you know look for, for the first 20 years of the band i never did anything. i wrote a book you know and i co-wrote one song in <laughs> the flotsam and jetsam record i didn't do anything because when you're all in you're all in but you know when the group disbanded and it disbanded in 2002 it was not a hiatus. It was not taking time off. It was very clearly a disbanding. And when that happened, look, we were all left to our own, you know, and, uh, um, yeah. that's when we, you know, and it's that way to this day. So, um, you know it's kind of everybody fends for themselves so um you know when i came back 10 years ago look i was glad to be there agreeable to be there happy to be there for the fans to play the songs to be part of the legacy to and i look clearly i put another 10 years of gas in the tank <laughs> you right, know yeah. so it was it was a good thing um and that was always my attitude but, you know do it for the love of the music the love of just being there for all of it <clears throat> and i was looking forward to that continuing obviously um yeah. but um you know the, um I guess they, they, they that's not where they, that's I'm, not I'm what gonna they gonna
2: want say, now. <laughs> so, I'm going to say a yeah. couple of things on this. First of all, we are here to talk about the Lucid. So we're we're going to get to that in just one second, but that to me was the greatest reveal in the business that a lot of the the, the band members that I know that are friends, you know, that that are the, the 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 replacement players and stuff, they go, "Well, after the tour ends, we're, we're 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 furloughed." And I was like, "What do you mean you're furloughed? You're not on on contract? You're not on?" No. They go, "No, no, no, no we're We're, we're, we're laid off until the next tour. And I'm like,
1: really? You know, in Nashville, it's common when tours end, people file unemployment. It's just a common, you know. And and over in rock and roll, that's not the common thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, look, on some level, you're kind of like the handyman. You know what I mean? You're called in to fix the pipe and clean the sink, but that and then when the job's me. done, you're you're out. You know? It's so shocked me. I device. thought you
2: were all on retainer, and 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 I'm talking these major acts, like arena acts, that have replacement guys or you know guys. and they're like, no, we're 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 furloughed. This is like
1: the last 10 years. I mean, when I worked, I got paid. When I didn't, I didn't. You know, I mean, that's why, again, you see why I was so busy doing other things. And again, doing it for the love of doing it. Speaking of love, hello, Drew. How are you? Hello, Drew. And Ace Freely (laughs) on your shirt, by (laughs) the way. Hello, Drew. So now that that Drew's here. I got got Billy Idol today. Do you? There you go. Drew, what's on your shirt? You got a All Saints. You got a pick.
2: He's got a lucid pick. So now that Drew is here, he's in the band with you. And we're just gonna focus on uh we're gonna focus only on bang tango for the next half. Oh.
3: Well no? yeah, let's do it. I yeah, got, we, I got we, stories. <laughs> I do got stories. I was just talking to Mark Knight the other day, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I still talk to all those guys. Yeah, and,
2: and we'll talk, talk agility, about agility. uh we'll talk about beautiful creatures and how everybody in that band was twenty five
3: when it when it launched. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Joe was uh fourteen <laughs> when he was in bang tango. <laughs> Well, Fortier God.
1: would technically be was is French, I guess, right? Because most people can't spell it right. He's been called Frontier, Fortier, Fortier, Fortier. 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 Yeah, Fortier. yeah, exactly. Fortier. Fortier. So, Fortier. Finally, the French Canadian get it right. So. Drew, farter. right with... Drew Farter,
3: Drew Farter,
2: Fortier. So, all right. So, so the lucid now, Alipson, Mister Alipson. About is is drew an employee or is this or is this a band
3: i'm on salary
1: well the beauty of the lucid is there is no money so we split nothing (laughs) equally right don't get caught on webcam or else
0: human resources is calling you man i mean it's like it's
1: like every band you start with all you have is a dream and brotherhood and hopefully something ever comes of it you know and and so no we went all in on this We said, look it's it's five four guys four ways um and so you know if a dollar ever does show up we'll we'll each get enough to make a phone call you know but um but th- that, and, that and is just so everybody
3: beauty. knows just so everybody knows I'm not I'm not wearing pants right now
1: oh neither, not, am I. I. neither am I. I was going to say, please put your pants on when you're on the internet. It's a lesson there. <laughs> lesson learned. There is a lesson well, here. Lesson I, thought the, learned. I thought it was
0: like the thing. You can't wear pants when you're on cam with Dave Elves. And I thought that was the new You can see me from here up. Trust me. I have my pants on. So <laughs>
2: That's the way it should be. Uh, uh, yeah, internet so, law. So yeah. is the <laughs> Lucid just this one-off project, or do you want to develop it into a band? Or, or do you, Dave, at some point say, listen, whatever, kiss or whoever, please call me, I'm available? Like, what sort of the future?
1: You know, both. I mean, look, I am available. And I think that was why okay. it was, look, for, I guess a couple of things. First of all, uh, we did the record. Um, we had always scheduled it to come out in October. The Dwellers movie came out October 12th. The Lucid record was October 15th. <clears throat> and um, September 1st. Um, drew he called me said hey i'm gonna change the header on your facebook and i was like you know oh my god i don't know if you should and then he did and suddenly it was international news like something's coming and people were very excited and so to everyone people everywhere thank you i'm gonna say i really you don't even know how much i appreciate that because when uh the summer that I just went through, you really don't know where to turn and who to turn to. And I mean, well, listen, it really I don't think you
0: did things, anything you know? wrong. So I don't know why anybody wouldn't be supporting you. Hey, like it doesn't make sense. Everybody was supporting me and,
1: and, it, <laughs> and it was very, it was very comforting. And I, again, I just thank you everyone in the world, everywhere. I really appreciate it. Yeah. But when Drew did that, it was kind of the first sort of, okay, professionally now you're coming back online. And, and, um, people really enjoyed so far what they're hearing from the lucid which is great and and you know i look i think on all these things you know you put out a record whether you're in a big band or just a little startup thing like we're doing with lucid and and, you know you kind of throw a line in the water and you see what see if you get a bite you know and and so people seem to really be liking it it's inspired us to um our agents literally just before we got on the call sending us emails with offers for stuff in the new year and and um like all these things is you know who's available are we available can we do it and so far we seem like we found a couple little windows where we can go out and try to bank some shows out which would be fun and and you know we've already got a little new dropbox folder of new ideas some some riffs licks uh songs actually some lyrics and um you know i think when you get some traction you go yeah you know, sign me up for another one. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Um, And if it's dead in the water, well, then you then you move on. But I think this one seems to be getting getting some traction.
0: And that's the cool thing about twenty twenty one. I mean, you got so many different options. You go on the road. You do the live. You know, you could do the the merch packs. You do this. You do that. You do the OnlyFans. I mean, there's so many different things that you could do. And it's yeah. like with with this project. I mean, what do you? where do you start though i mean like does it start with the music does it like okay you hey, got a couple of, of good course. band, like a couple <laughs> of good musicians together like you know how does how does this like
1: how does the song start for you like, where does it start? Drew's laughing about OnlyFans because that was the interesting thing he said. He goes, dude, I think it's time to get your OnlyFans going now. You know? That was the buzzer <laughs> headline now. I wanted to slide that in <laughs> exactly. to see if it
0: would go over your head, but Drew caught it. Yeah, so it no, good.
1: no. Yeah, that's why Drew's laughing. You got to run with it, you, why, you know. <laughs>
2: can either, hey. you, you can either let
1: yeah. it crush you or you can just run with it. So just run yeah. with it. All right, sure. let's get the OnlyFans going. You said it. You spoke in here first by Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah. Run with it, uh, that's going to be the blabbermouth headline tomorrow david Ellison. Exactly. all right let's get the only fans going the only fans <laughs> hey, it seems to work for all the others that do it so i don't know that's where they're making their real money when you're not on the payroll i guess you know yeah. Yeah, but uh, exactly. the, the
2: music came out pretty quickly so so this project it did it didn't just happen like in august i mean you must have had you must have been working
1: on it for a year well you sent me drew sent me um something what it was it was last year in 2020 you sent me what the song which became hair and i played bass on that so that was really kind of i think the first song we worked on what when was that april
3: i think aprilish april and then uh and then then uh june we started hitting it hard and then uh july we ended up in la and um yeah and uh leftover bang tango demos you know and Vinny. You know that was that was Zen from Mars. Zen from Mars was all left over Bang Tango demos, <laughs> okay. and then and obviously that never got done, and because uh, that's cursed. And uh but this though, there actually the hair, the song Hair was actually a leftover Zen from Mars demo. Oh, there you so go. It's like a, it's like so a, is a Zen for song. Mars
1: song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you, you know go. it, it nice. was it was. The, tell you what, you know Drew would send stuff. He sent the one song, and I said that, this, that was really cool, man. And he said, well, you want to buy in some more? And he sent more over and. know then that's when mike heller said look let's you know let's come over to la to my studio and and mike is an incredible producer i mean not only is he a great drummer uh but he's a he's a fantastic producer he's got good ideas good ear and 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 i tell you what i've grown more as a bass player in the studio working with producers um, because they suggest things that you would not come up with maybe take a turn here play a little lick up here I mean so all, with somebody you know, just like
0: Dan Huff alone. I mean, you, there's so uh, much you could learn from him. Yeah, it's I like,
1: mean, who who needs bass lessons when you can work with Dan Huff and you know, and, and even and even Mike, you know, I know Mike doesn't have that kind of a pedigree, but but in his world, he's like he's the guy. I mean, he works in all these death metal records and all these these, you know, things like that, and he's great. And so you know again to just step into a world that you don't normally work in it always tightens up your playing and drew drew drove out uh, vin flew out from detroit and we sat there in the room and you know to really be in the well, room I, oh, I, I, us- I flew out that would have been like a three day drive <laughs> <laughs> but, but to sit there with you know with you know again guitars in hand going over parts should we bend this note here you know little phrasing things like that i mean that makes all the difference in the world you know because i think last year in the pandemic we've last two years probably, we've all worked on a lot of records um, where we just we had to do them like this, you know, over, over Zoom and we're just working in our home studios and yeah. and, and that's fine, but it, it's a it's this one-way conversation. So it's nice to be in the room where everybody's part of the conversation and I think the music reflects it and I think we captured that on this album.
0: What's the, what's the process like compared to working with Dave Mustaine?
1: Well, look, every situation He is has different. a say. Yeah, well yeah, well, you know <laughs> You know, partly. I mean, you know, look, it, every situation is different, you know, and you walk into it. I think the, the main thing is, as a professional, you walk in and you go and you need to quickly suss out who's in charge, who's writing the songs. What are we doing here? You know, and and I think you just you look at that for what it is. And and I knew right from the beginning like Dave's going to write most of the songs and it's he's going to come up with a lot of the ideas. He came up with some great ideas for bass parts. I mean, he he is the you know, Tchaikovsky, if you will, he is the composer that composes the songs. And when he comes up with a part, um, you know, you can make suggestions, but usually just do it his way. And that is what that, that setting is over there. Um, this setting over here, very different, you know, Drew and Mike were mostly framed the tunes out. They had the, the framework of them pretty much done. And, um, but they, because of the nature of the, of the songs gave me a lot of, uh, flexibility to to you know add character and write parts within that um and of course every part that's added kind of like cooking when you add a part you know you um you know you, a little pepper means a little more salt means a little more pepper a little more salt you know what i mean so everything big... kind of changes the flavor and so where things start to go then ben started writing lyrics and putting these melodies down um And of course, Mike's drumming. You know, the initial demos I think were pretty simple parts. But you know, once once I cut my bass parts to Mike's real drum tracks, it's like, whoa, okay, there's some cool. Like you know, picking up. Yeah, I always always call it it's 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 the Getty and Neil Pert thing, right? Where you're as a bass player, you can like pick up licks with the drums. You know, like do 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 do. You can almost be musical with the tom tom and things like that. So you know, everybody adding their fill, or yeah, exactly. Everybody adding their part changes where it went from the original kind of simple demo of, of the idea. Mm.
2: Wow. Uh, you, you of course have been doing this for 40 years professionally. Do you come into a situation like this and say, all right, guys, you know, I'm the elder statesman here. This is how we should proceed. Do do you, do you sort of have that attitude where you sort of say, all right, listen, I I love your idea, but trust me, I did this in 1985. This is going to work better.
1: You know, what? I shouldn't do that. You want to be my agent? I should do that. Just walk in. I was yes, going to say dick swinging, but that might be an inappropriate comment. <laughs> to just, yeah. but, Listen, to it. well, I why it's not? in your contract, contract now. <laughs> exactly. It's in my contract. Dick swinging—that's what you're doing. No, um, I, 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 I try not to, to be honest with you. I, I, I um, I try to just approach. You. Look, does everybody's a professional? I mean, Drew's—you know—maybe not as famous, but he's. He's been through the grind. I mean, he told me about all the records that he played on, worked on, some that just never came out. You know, they were at the starting line and then they tripped and they don't come out. That is the story of most professional musicians. You know, there's a few of us who got across the starting line, actually got in the race. A few of us finished the race. You know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, obviously Vin, total consummate pro. Mike, I learned as I'm in the studio with him, working with him, going, man, this, this guy has got some ears, man. This guy's got ideas. So for me... Megadeth, Soulfly, Ministry, the Lucid, whatever it is, walk in and just, you know, be, you know, be a player amongst players, you know? You got uh,
3: to teach me how to do that, do some dick swinging. Yeah. 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 Drew,
0: not as famous, but to leak some dick pics and we'll get you sorted. <laughs>
3: yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got pics. <laughs> <laughs> He's halfway there. <laughs> that would be a really just, good All merch. I got to do is stand up. <laughs>
0: You know, that's a good merch idea right there. Put your dick on some pics, and you get
2: some dick pics.
3: Like an actual dick,
2: like like my actual yeah. actual <laughs> shot, actual shot of it. You could you could put it in the frame back there that says the Big Four. <laughs> I don't think the big pic's that small. <laughs> no, but Dave, Dave, I want to ask you this. <laughs> like just back to series for a picks. second. You know, a lot of bands are, or a lot of there's a lot of musicians that are failed musicians. They 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 tried and they ended up playing the bowling alley. And that's it. How did you get to that next level? What was it? Are, are you just that good of a bass player? Was it luck? Was it a, a friend? Were the songs that Dave wrote that good? Like, how, how did you get to be here 40 years later? Because this industry eats its young.
1: It, it sure does. It eats its old, too. <laughs> it yeah. eats everybody. Uh, yeah. You know, the. Um, that's a great question. And it's it's all of it. I mean, look, first of all, if you're in the room, we already know you can play. You know, I tell lots of like kind of you know, like weekend warrior guys, I tell that. So listen, you don't need to keep overselling your stuff. You're in the room. You're here on the stage. We know you can play. You don't need to impress us with your chops. We wouldn't have called you if we didn't think you could play. So let's just get that out of the way. Turn your volume down. Shut up. Don't play when I'm talking. You know what I mean? Like be a respectful professional. That's From the there, it's a matter of... There. Yeah, you know, and from there it's a matter of like, okay, are we vibing? Are we are we grooving on this? And and again, sometimes um it's a matter of being able to take direction, you know. Hey, listen, this is what I want, this is how I want to played you know, play that, you know. Um I always said with Megadeth, I can pretty much do Dave Mustaine on demand. Whatever he needed, I could play. You know what I mean? And that didn't just happen. That was you know, we were in the room and we started the band together. You know, I was there when the initial riffs of, you know, um, you know, looking down the cross, which is initially called Speak No Evil, you know, like when that was starting, I was there watching it, picking up on it and learning the part. And, you know, and then you sort of, you know, you develop these things. So uh, certainly look good songs. um, Having aggressive management is important. Being the right thing at the right time. Um, You know, by the time I got to L.A. in 1983, all of the Let's call them Sunset Strip bands had been I went to the basically to the Troubadour when Wasp was getting signed to Capitol. It was their last show. I think that was the night I met James and Lars, actually. I think they were there the show, ironically. And um, and that was probably June or July of 83. Um, and that was kind of the end of it. Armored Saint, Rat, Motley, that whole scene had moved through obviously Metallica was, was the big, you know, you know, hero of the next thing and behind it, Slayer, Anthrax and Megadeth and, you well, know, what and was everything your First
3: else. impression of James and Lars when you met him.
1: They were totally cool. Lars was chatty. You know, he could tell he did the most of the talk and James didn't say a lot, but that they were, they were very cool, man. Really? I was, I didn't know what to make them because the only I'd heard of them was, you know, conversations of Dave talking about them and being in the band with them, you know, but um, I certainly would loved no light to leather. Them? He was a little bitter at that point, I would think. You know, again, he had his side of it, of course. You know, so yeah, and and it's just kind of these th- one of the, you know it's one of these things. You know, you know, if you're my friend, you'll 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 hate all my enemies and you'll love all my friends too. And do you know which side do you pick with that? You know, and and but those guys have been nothing but great. You know, and and I've become good friends with them, and and um, as with all of the big four. So I I got over long ago. Like, hey, this loyalty of if I'm going to be in Megadeth, I I have to like hate Metallica somehow. It's like what a funny. bunch of bullshit. I fucking love Metallica. I did Low like to Leather. You know, funny, Ron McGovney, that was my that was my Metallica bass player. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like right. I've always said, Mechanics. When we you know cut it for Killings Is My Business, I did the Ron McGovney bass line. You know that to me was kind of my first impression of them. But, um, you know, look, so I landed there in 83. It was the right place at the right time. You know, my gut kind of told me that when I was 16 years old, living back in Minnesota. So for me, I, I, you know, I, I, I realize I'm put on the planet to be a bass player, be a professional, do this like this, this was a sort of God-given talent and path. And I just tried to listen to it. It's even today, you know, 56 years of age, I wake up and what song can we play when we're done here? I'm going to be working on a tune. Me and Drew are ripping ideas in and out of the Dropbox now. So this is what you do. You know, this is, this is why you're a part of why you're on the planet. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it too is, is, you know, back to your questioner, Mitch, <clears throat> is knowing when to speak, knowing when to shut up. Um, and mm-hmm. how important is it, you know, um, and, you know, being part of a team, you know, because the team wins the game, not, not the star quarterback. You know, I mean, Brady's amazing, but he's got to have someone to throw the ball to, and there's got to be a defensive line to, you know, to protect. So it's a team of people that, that make it happen. And, you know, I, I guess I'm maybe it's what's why I chose the base, because it, it's that's kind of a team role uh, inside the band. But everybody in the role, everybody in the band has their role, kind stay in your lane, do your thing, um, pick your battles and, you know, try to stay out of the drama and, you know, just remember why you're there. You know, it's that love of getting on stage playing. It's the love of writing songs. It's love of ma- making a great song, writing a great song record and, and try to just focus on that. You know, one of the things I learned, I learned when I first moved to LA is, playing music suddenly when you're starting a band and everything else that goes with it, playing music is like the smallest part of being in a band because it's promotion. It's, it's, you know, you're me and Dave, we were fucking homeless in the beginning. We were so poor, you know what I mean? So you've got, how do we get a roof over our head? How do we eat, you know, blah, 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 all these other things. And then not to mention trying to, you know, you know, book the shows and get these things going. But, um, you know, I think we had good partnership, you know, Um, Dave after Metallica, that was a, that was a pretty, hard landing for him, you know, and I think the fact that me and my Minnesota brood ended up on his doorstep to help him have a, have a second chance. And certainly me yep. being there meeting Dave gave me a chance. And, and, and that's why I think we, we both won. Had that not happened. Who knows Can I just say one?
2: one thing about that? No. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you just said that he had a hard landing and he got a second chance. I mean, you forward 40 years later to what happened to you and you would think, he would be a little bit more understanding had a little more empathy and say you know instead of letting my dave land hard i'll give you know but no no empathy no sympathy just <clears throat> out of the band erase the bass tracks and it's like really you didn't learn anything from the metallica situation Okay. <laughs>
1: well maybe that's how he felt when he got you know landed out of metallica and kirk hammond played his guitar parts you know what i mean that must be kind of the thing and you know it's you know, I tried to be very empathetic toward Dave with that. You know, I was trying to be his biggest cheerleader and his, you know, you know, his, his wingman, you know, through everything. Um, And that's, and I just thought, first of all, we're in a band together, you know, and, and is and I can't imagine, you know, his feelings about watching Metallica to go on the success that they had. But I always thought it was like, shit, dude, we're doing pretty good here ourselves. You know, I think we're doing okay. And people love Dave for what he did, not only Metallica, but for what he did, you know, in Megadeth and, and got to be in two of the greatest heavy metal bands ever, you know? So, uh, it was like Kerry King. We were talking about that. We did the big four. I said, Hey, Kerry, you're both in Slayer and, and you were in Megadeth, you know, how cool it's like you and Dave are the only two guys who are actually in both two of the bands of the big four when we were doing those gigs. And, um, yeah. So, you know, look, man, I, uh,
2: and listen, symphony and all the other songs they' they're as classic as, as a lot of those Metallica songs you can't you can't be sad that you were you making a discount I mean, any of that
1: no yeah, yeah I mean look I I, I I took some time this summer to really just try to be you know have forgiveness anyway. and just and again look I, I realized a lot of this stuff it created a lot of fear there was a moment there's a lot of fear i I, I realized that. Hmm. Um and you know that's you, you were know, lucid that, to the whole uh, that moment yeah on. that <laughs> moment created that and I realized that that you know that's you could kind of go one or two directions with that but um look yeah. at at the end of the day look it's landed where it's landed and you know now we move on and and and, 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 and don't be bitter about it you know
2: how do you no. build the lucid into a touring entity or into a business I mean listen you're probably not going to get to arenas and stadiums with the lucid but you can certainly be out there touring and making a living and doing very well so how do you get it to that level where you're out doing the club circuit you're out making it a viable business
1: well i said i wasn't going to go out in the van and vin said yeah but we're going to have suits on we're going to wear suits imagine, went, okay suits. now that you mentioned suits we can be in the van you know but uh you know i think it's a little bit of it's it's look i I said that because we're not going to just go out and grind it out in the you know starting at the the, at the at the at that sort of bottom level unfortunately because we're kind of well-known guys it it doesn't start at the bottom look neither did megadeth quite honestly when i met dave i mean shit we went to san francisco and sold out the stone we sold out 500 and 800 seat rooms and I don't know, got paid a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks. I mean, that was not starting at the bottom, and that was because of his history with Metallica, you know. So, um, I've kind of been in this situation once before, you know, with that band. So now being here with what we're doing with the Lucid, um, there's already kind of a built in interest. So we don't have to go out and flyer yeah. all of Detroit and Indianapolis to try to get people to come to the show. There's kind of a built in interest. to go play interest. the bowling alley. No. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's a little bit of, you know, you play, you play a few clubs, you, you sort of, roll it out you give it a look and then you know i think try to get like an opening cruise, slot well like the cruises the these festival shows you know now there's a lot of these festival shows again those are perfect for what we're doing with lucid you know yeah, even great. if it's if it's 2 p.m on the side stage you know what i mean it's there's a lot of people there even if you're just walking by to get a beer you go yeah oh, these guys are all right you know so yeah. it's it's and i look i think we're all very realistic that that's what it is and doing it just for the love of the music and the brotherhood and the fun we have doing it is, is the whole point of it. Do you, and you play,
0: the in, and I was going to say and you supplement the income with the only fans. So there you go. Okay. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know they got that in place once you get that going then you can just play music. Then you're going to be you're going to be in the
2: in the money. Uh do you yeah. play any Megadeth songs during your set just to a uh, nod to the fans? I mean, you are part of it. I mean, it's it's not like you should totally just I mean, close the door. I mean, you can play
1: any song you want live. I mean, you can do whatever right. you want live. That's why there's BMI and ASCAP. CSAC and those you know societies that collect that money. So throw in me- Metallica stuff. covers then. Hey, <laughs> do,
2: uh, do enter I Sandman? <laughs> I love Metallica.
1: You know. No, you but do d- d- you, you
2: close the door on on Megadeth completely, or do you t- tip a nod? I mean, do you?
1: Do you do do a bass song? I mean, in this band, I don't know. I guess we'd have to see. It seems appropriate that we might play a Sponge song since we have the singer from Sponge and, you know, he's so, and and probably a Bang Tango song since we've got the guys in the band. We probably won't play Fear Factory or Raven, uh, even though Mike (laughs) Keller's in both of those bands. That'd be interesting. That would be a little inappropriate, but.
2: no, but an encore symphony of symphony wouldn't hurt. I mean, you know, you do it your own, you no, do no. it the
3: lucid way. Or, or do, yeah, do, do symphony, but in the style of Fear Factory with Vin from Sponge singing it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. With yeah, H. And, on lead guitar. <laughs> <go>. Yeah, that one's <laughs> a No,
2: but so, so, so you're, you're going to not do that. You're not going to be a tribute act. You're going to be lucid and do the lucid stuff.
1: Yeah. And, for okay. sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And again, look, you know, it's, uh, you know, your your question. No, look, I have not closed the door on my mega death pass, like bitter, like screw those guys. That's it. I've never, you know, no, it's, it's, it's again, we're, we're, we're family, even though we're having a family feud and, you know, we may not all be hanging out at the family reunion this year, Look, you know, you, you do something like this for this long, you know. We we, we get over our stuff, and it's yeah. You know, There'll just... be a fortieth
2: anniversary of whatever album coming up, and, and you know. Well, that's All right, what I, I was what... going
0: to say. I mean, you know, does Dave realize? Hey, you know what? I'm kind of fucked up, and I should have, you know, <laughs> maybe had Alveson's back, or or is he so stubborn that he's going to be like, I fucked that guy. Well, for now, I don't know.
1: I haven't talked to him since that yeah. one Well, listen, we have got uh, uh, what was go, it? So I don't euthanasia
2: know. was yeah. in '94, so you've got the uh, 40th anniversary or whatever coming up. 30th anniversary coming up in yeah. in, in a couple of well, years. Well, that's the so
1: thing I, now is these these records keep coming up on these anniversaries, and fans want to hear these deep cuts. They want to hear this stuff, you know. So I think that's uh, you I mean, know that is that, that is that is part of it, you know.
2: My my Megadeth started at, at Euthanasia because really? to me, yeah. So, I, I you know, Listen, I, I did the whole hair metal thing and then I moved on to uh, Metallica with the Black album. And then when I was done with Metallica, I was like, oh, hey, euthanasia's out. And then I, oh, I went, oh, yeah. that's that's kind of, yeah. I, I don't want to say it was poppy, but it was more accessible. Yeah, What's well, funny, In Kiko
1: my... always said that when we were putting set lists together because he said, he goes, you know, the first real kind of you know the big look down in south america was euthanasia that's when we went to chile and argentina yeah. and played in brazil again we played rock and rio and rust in peace but there was just that was a one-off so that was the first time and so the music was a little the tempos were a little bit slower the the lyrical themes were you know it's interesting when you talk to you know I'll, I'll reference kiko but you know because he's because he's uh, a foreigner and he, and english isn't his native language you know so it's like when you sing a song uh, if there's a sort of kind of big chant, sing along chant is easier for a, an audience to grab onto than if yes. it's sort of a narrative, yeah. you know, a storyline that they have to follow along to. So I was like, you know, things that I would have never thought about. Um, and the music is always that music is translated very well everywhere around the world. Um, mm-hmm. But, that's you know, a really good point, about-
0: though, because that's why you hear so many songs with, oh, 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 and all these things. Yeah, you know? yeah. Get to yeah. the
2: chorus. Don't bore
1: us. Yeah, exactly exactly so that that was something to think about with that you know when we and i look move it over to the lucid i think it's one of the things that worked well with this is vin writes really great anthemic choruses you know what i mean <laughs> even if you can't hear understand what he's saying <laughs> which i do but if you can't you know because you're maybe in a foreign language uh no. you can at least follow the melody and it's just like a I, I, remember, I remember playing <laughs> japan you know and like these everybody in the audience should be singing the words and then you talk to them after the show and they couldn't speak a lick of english and you're like how did you understand that and listen I, a lot of pe- a lot of you know, people i've met around the world like learned how to, how to sing how, how to speak english by listening to megadeth and guns and roses and metallica like listening to you know their favorite rock bands that's how oh. they learned how to speak english. Yeah, yeah
2: i'll tell you this in quebec we had an elvis impersonator called elvis graton who did the whole elvis stuff and when you got him off stage he spoke in deep woods French. And you went, blah, blah, blah. blah. He goes, no, I just I just mimicked the sounds. I don't know the wow. words. Yeah. And, was, and but, but if you go listen to him, he did huh. Elvis better than any Elvis impersonator. But he doesn't speak English. He was just mimicking right. the sounds. And you're just like, wow.
1: Well, why is it that people from the UK with heavy British accents, when they sing, they sound like? could be American or, you know what I mean? It's uh, just very kind of generic. And then when they speak, they're like, well, I, I'll caulk you, you know, at a, from the Scorpions. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you uh, can kind of tell he was in the early days, he was working on it, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, well, you listen like, to that line band. down
0: to conky like
1: <laughs> this is <doesn't> sound American. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we knew they were German, you know what I mean? So we got it, but it's, it's funny how he could sing in English and it worked everywhere, you know, whereas yeah. if he just yeah. sang in German, it, probably would have limited their success back in that day yeah well
0: listen we got to wrap really quickly but uh you know so when's this record coming out it's gonna be a full out? length it's already out the entire yes. thing's out completely
1: okay yeah, yeah yeah we put it out uh so it came out uh, october 15th digitally and then uh drew do you have the you got the link right where people
3: can uh, com. it's on uh lucidofficial.com it's on spotify amazon itunes the whole the
0: awesome you got vinyl
2: or is it just digital
3: yeah there will be vinyl uh uh the vinyls cars start shipping around March
1: because cool. you know manufacturing Ooh, and all plenty that plenty
3: of time to put
2: us in the liner notes then that's great if you really <laughs> want
1: to make some <laughs> money somebody please start up a new vinyl factory because please. vinyl like I don't care who you are vinyl's like six months out if you get your only fans put up your vinyl by the factory. way do you know who they're yeah, blaming yeah. for that right now
2: I, I'm, this, is, this is a true story they are currently blaming Adele for this because there is so much demand for her album that all the vinyl stores or vinyl manufacturers <laughs> said, Yeah, we're going to fucking press, press those.
1: Well, it was Adele and Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's yeah. new album just came out last well, year. Well, you know what? When Discovery came out in 2016, we were numbered. The record was number two in Canada only because Adele was in the way. So Adele is always in the way of progress. She's and, always and Adele is of- always has a number soul. one.
3: Adele has a song called Someone Like You and there's that other band I was in
1: that has a song called Someone
3: Like You. Connection? I Coincidence? I don't know. Well, the band I also, I don't know. About
1: <laughs> Adele. She did she definitely got a cred in my in my book because when we were at the Grammys that year in two thousand seventeen, she was they were doing a tribute to somebody who had Is it George Michael? was it george michael yeah and she couldn't find the key and she stopped and she swore on life she just yeah. fucking stopped in there, and she got i was like right on you know uh, yeah and I was that was the george michael on tribute live tv on the grammy so her cred went way up in my book you she know to start
0: over and speaking yeah. of adele she's uh, back when van halen's a different kind of truth came out in 2012 it was her album that kept them from being number one they were yep. number oh. two she does that to yeah. every band to yep. every rock band.
2: but she, she is currently being number one she's currently yeah. sucking up the vinyl lost La- stock or whatever Just sucking Jeez. up the wax
3: Yep. <laughs> how dare she yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, that's 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 why anyway there you go uh thank you always oh. a pleasure and uh, always glad to support and uh yep. thank you Mitch. we're, we're glad to uh, see you moving forward see the lucid
0: on tour and you can purchase your limited edition dave ellison intimate vip package <laughs> <laughs>
1: you guys have manager written all over you up there I yes say. we do we are we are going to <laughs> i see Probably money i see money cut <laughs> yeah. where there's crisis there's opportunity so correct uh, yeah. capitalize on I, it we'll take. he's the day <laughs> well i appreciate you guys thank you, thank you. all so right much. see you later thank you so much cheers
2: thank you drew thank you all right there we go